You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network. We're here to talk about more movies, more recent movies, and not just any movie, but the number one movie pretty much anywhere in the world, universe, Amazon, wherever you are right now. Uh, My name is Colin, and I am neither a wonder nor a woman, but I am once again joined by a Wonder Woman of my own. Uh, Jamie, you are back to talk about the greatest DC superhero of all time, maybe in your opinion. Um, I don't know if it's mine, but... Uh, Heck yeah! All right. I want to crush some walnuts and some men with my thunder thighs. <laughs> Crushing walnuts? I don't remember her doing that in the movie, but <laughs> if you haven't figured it out already, we're talking about the great walnut crusher, the great thunder thigh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Wonder Woman, uh, the... Look, can we just say it now? Let's spoil the reviews now. Like the greatest movie of the summer, hands it's down. It's amazing. The greatest movie of the year. This movie is fantastic. I don't even want to wait till the end to uh, let's let's not tease the reviews here. We're not going to tease anything. This movie is amazing. We'll just say it right off the bat. Um, we want to quickly just uh, give brief opinions, uh, detailing a little bit more, other than just how amazing this movie is. Maybe some reasons why. Uh, Jamie, do you want to go first? Why is Wonder Woman so great? Uh, well, for a lot of reasons, Colin, but, um, one of the things that I found really cool is when I watched this movie, uh, I'm, and I'm not saying like I'm super old, I'm not super young, I'm kind of in the middle, I'm only 28, (laughs) but (laughs) when I watched this movie, I had this epiphany where... An epiphany, hold on, hold on, let's, let's, uh, just get ready for it, this is gonna be big, this is gonna be exciting... I, I had this moment. A moment. Okay, so it's gone from epiphany to moment. We're clearly dumbing this down. It's just, getting less and less impressive the longer I, we wait. I just realized maybe I forgot what that word means. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, so I had this moment where I just realized, you know, uh, out of everything that I've ever seen in my life, um, this is the first thing where I'm watching it, and it's not something where they're throwing it in your face, like oh, you know, she's a woman, look what she can do. This is just this really tough chick where you don't ever for one half second question that she can do all the things that she can do. She's super tough and she can kill you just by crushing you in between her, in, you know, her thighs for two seconds. <laughs> Not thunder thighs, yeah. but lightning thighs. Well, her, don't know. her thighs look pretty good. Yeah. I mean, mine do too, I work out. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, so with... um. With the movie, you know, uh, back onto my point, it's just pretty amazing because it's the first thing I ever watch where it's like, you know, little girls can look up to this, uh, you know, this hero, uh, women my age, women any age, heck, even guys want to probably be her. <laughs> I don't know if I want to be Wonder Woman. <laughs> um, I wouldn't mind fighting like Wonder Woman. I wouldn't mind knowing Wonder Woman, fighting alongside Wonder Woman. I don't know. Um, hey, you're married. Okay. <laughs> I'll remember that when we do our reviews of the Logan episode. And, uh, well, let's see. We've gone through so far Hugh Jackman and his hairy chest. Patrick Stewart and his hairy chest. Chris Pratt and his muscular chest. Uh, Michael Fassbender and his, you know what. <laughs> yeah, if Tom Welling ever comes to our Comic-Con, you should be worried. Yeah, well, one mention of Wonder Woman is calling you married. Shut up. Um, <laughs> let's get on with my opinion of the movie. Um, okay, I'm coming from a different point of view. You're... We've said on other episodes, you're not as big into comic books. You're probably not that familiar with Wonder Woman. Uh, I wasn't really a big Wonder Woman fan growing up. Um, for me, it was always more Superman, Batman, Spider-Man. Uh, even more recently, I'd say some of the other, like, I'm a huge DC fan compared to Marvel. I love Marvel, but I definitely love DC. And 
it was probably with the relaunch of DC. They relaunched kind of their entire universe in 2011. And I tried to read as many of those first issues as I could. And there was something about the Wonder Woman issue that was just different for me than the ones I had read in the past. And ever since then, I mean, you're the witness to, to this, that I basically been collecting the Wonder Woman graphic novels and everything as they've come out. I've got like, you know, handfuls of them all around this house here. Uh, it's become one of my favorite comics of like the last five, six years. And I wasn't disappointed by this because I think they found a way to make it very classic, like old school Wonder Woman, but also bring in a lot of the new stuff with you know, the, the other gods and all that. I mean, Wonder Woman's basically your modern day Hercules, which I thought was fantastic. And the movie just doesn't disappoint it. It's, it, it, it covers so much. I mean, I, I feel like if you're looking at it on a mythological level, because we definitely get a lot of the mythology stuff here, uh, it blows Thor away. And if you're looking at the whole period war setting for, you know, real historical setting for a superhero movie, it blows Captain America away. And I think more than anything, what blew me away with this was just the way that they visualize her fighting style, which Zack Snyder did great in Batman Superman. But It's, it's unlike anything I've actually ever seen in a movie before. Yeah. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. It was like, it was like watching this new form of martial arts unfold or something it was it was amazing she wasn't using martial arts we don't want to give people the wrong idea here but it's just it's a fighting style that's just it looks different and i think there's a lot of people out there who just want to make everything about marvel versus dc and you know nobody who's into marvel wants to admit that dc does some things right but what dc's done really right even if you're not a fan of man of steel batman superman or suicide squad is their heroes have such a unique fighting style and everybody just looks at i mean superman's fighting and his powers look interesting and unique and it's not like anything you'll see in the marvel movies and batman's fighting style you know he's just a fighter but it looks interesting and unique and same thing with all the members of the suicide squad and they i think they nailed it here even more so than superman and batman it just it looks totally unique and all the action scenes just are incredible because of that but the character stuff is great too so i mean i love this movie and uh, we'll kind of jump into this and dissect little bits and pieces. We will remind you again, it's spoiler-free here. Um, if we give away any spoilers, it wasn't our intention. Uh, we probably forgot to edit it out. Uh, Jamie says something inappropriate. <laughs> we probably forgot to edit that out, Which too. happens quite often. Yeah, usually I catch it with the edit, but <laughs> it may not happen. <laughs> um, but one thing I want to go back to is just what everybody's talking about right now, which is the fact that this is the first female superhero solo movie that's been made. And Again, let's give DC credit where Marvel hasn't even dared to go yet. You know, a lot of people talking about wanting a Black Widow movie. Personally, I don't think Black Widow is an interesting enough character to warrant her own movie. But there are other Marvel characters that they could have given their own movie to. And now they're jumping on the bandwagon, or I guess as of a year ago, they're going to do the the Miss Marvel, a.k.a. Captain Marvel movie. Um, It's not going to come close to this. And DC has, like, this really great lineup of female characters. The Batgirl movie is going to be coming soon. And... If people just are familiar with Alicia Silverstone and Batman and Robin, you have no idea who good Batman is or Batgirl is as a character. Uh, and Wonder Woman, I mean, this is such a big deal right now because for years nobody was willing to take a risk on a female superhero or even female-oriented action movies. And it kind of goes back, you know, I'd say, 10 to 15 years. There were several movies that came out. One was Aeon Flux, which oh. I think... Yeah, with Charlize Theron, which is... I don't know if it was based on a comic book. It had, like, a very Japanese style. You'd know more because you're into that Japanese weird stuff. Weird stuff. <laughs> but uh, that movie kind of tanked, and Catwoman came out, and that movie kind of tanked, and Elektra came out, and that movie kind of tanked. So you had three, like, superhero-type women uh, characters, and all the movies failed. 
and there were studios that came out and it wasn't like one of these things where it's oh there's rumors this is what the studios do studio heads flat out came out and said we're not going to make any more female oriented action movies because people aren't going to see them and what they were failing to realize is that the movies weren't good <laughs> I, I i have something interesting to say on that note okay though. go uh i actually saw something today and i thought oh i didn't even think about that that's actually a really interesting point it's uh some tumblr screenshot that i saw um somebody was mentioning uh you know obviously that this was done by a female director yeah patty jenkins and uh she did an amazing job you know good for her but also that you know when you're watching this movie i think that part of the reason why these other movies are failing is not necessarily because they have just male directors or whatever but you're looking at these women that really you know they're not believable as superheroes they're they're still just made to be just eye candy and when you're watching this movie it's it is eye candy too it, it still is she's she's freaking hot but um when you're watching this movie though and it's no spoilers to say this when it's going and it's showing her background with all the amazonians and everything like that you see these women that are just tough and you know some of them are, are weathered and you see them with wrinkles and you know their hair is not not always perfect and stuff like that these are like real women where it's like you know what i want to be this i want to be that <laughs> you want to be weathered and wrinkled <laughs> <laughs> i want to i want to like have like hard like leather calluses and like <laughs> like have these like spikes on m my hands for gloves and beat people like it's just <laughs> Um, I'm feeling like we need to go back and watch a lecture right now because <laughs> I'm not feeling so secure in this marriage right now. Uh, no, wait. This I don't is, want this you is, weathered or wrinkled. This or... is like, uh, and like I said, it wasn't in your face. Like, look what she can do. She's a woman or anything yeah. like that. But it was like girl power, like to the max. Well, okay. So I'll comment on two things there. One, uh, I think there are a lot of people who... Uh, want to make this more than it is and they want to make this oh the movie is all like female empowerment and stuff like that they don't draw attention to it at all no. and that's why the movie works because right. it's not it's natural yeah there are only a few moments in this movie where anybody even stops to be like um this woman is fighting yeah. you know what's she carrying a sword for you know why is she protecting you mm -hmm. there are only a few moments they do that and it's things that are in the context of the time period time period 1917 yeah and it has more to do with uh I guess the culture of the time of, you know, trying to be respectful to women. People right. have tried to rewrite history and I'm going to go off on a tangent now on Marvel because Marvel put out there a great female character in Agent Carter who was in the Captain America movie. And they gave her her own TV show. And I think in the first season they did okay. The second season was awful. But they hammered in that whole, every man just thinks a woman is an idiot so hard that it became unrealistic. And... What I think is lost on a lot of people is that when you go back to, you know, 1917 or even the, the 40s or 50s, you know, when Agent Carter's taking place, you know, a lot of these guys didn't want the women out there doing this job because they wanted to take care of them. And that's that's something that's, you know, people talk to people from the time period and they'll tell you that. Yeah. And nowadays, everything just has to be so over the top where it's, you know, oh, Agent Carter can't do anything. She's a woman. And that show just got so obnoxious with how they did that that it could turn you off of seeing a movie like Wonder Woman. So I'm going to tell people, like, if you're going to see this movie, you're not getting some political message about female empowerment. Well, well, you're, pre you're presented with a superhero that is just fighting, and they never draw attention to the fact she's a woman because she's just Wonder Woman. Another thing on my Facebook feed, uh, talking about difference in time periods and stuff like that. And yes, I, I do actually work at my job, but I, I, I saw... <laughs> I don't know how many of the listeners were questioning that. I, I saw this 
really funny thing and you're talking about time period differences and absolutely and uh you know it's just a different generation like uh there's this um little meme thing uh talking about how you know his uh grandpa wrote a love letter for his grandma that was longer than you know their college thesis or whatever else like that and yeah. then nowadays people are just sending dick pics yeah. <laughs> you know like like, that, like that's the generation we live in unfortunately yeah well yeah that, 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 and it's this generation now i'm gonna go off on a tangent on this turn this is the generation that's putting scripts out there like agent card this telling us every man in the 50s was sexist and hated women it's like um they probably had more respect for them than you do so like getting off of agent carter for a second it's completely valid the time period they're true to the time period in this movie and when guys are like holding open doors for wonder woman and stuff like that it's just them being polite you know that they're trying to show her courtesy but there's hardly any of that in the movie and i think part of it has to do with you know we're, we're setting up this world where it is all women and if people aren't familiar with wonder woman i mean it's basically this island that's hidden from the rest of civilization by zeus you know and it's these amazonian uh warrior women and uh they do have a purpose um but they've never been introduced to you know men in this world and the plot kind of gets set up where chris pine who's a soldier from the regular world you know a regular american soldier I think he was fighting on the British side here or something. He was a spy. He was undercover as a Nazi spy. And his plane goes down. And you kind of see, like, there's the, they're in this bubble. Like, Themyscira, the, the island, it's kind of in this bubble within our world. And you can't enter it and exit. You just can't see it. And that's kind of what sets everything up, is this guy comes in there. And, you know, uh, Wonder Woman or Diana, she rescues him. And it sort of just becomes about, well, the Nazis are there, and they're aware the Nazis are there. You know, the only thing we're really going to spoil about the opening of the movie there is you get to see a Nazi fight against these Amazonian women, which is fantastic. That's where you're talking about, you know, they're all tough. It's not just like they wanted Wonder Woman to be the only superhero here. For the first 45 minutes of the movie, it's just all the women just (laughs) beating these Nazis um, and getting beaten themselves. But... Yeah, again, they never treat it as, look at what a woman can do. A woman can fight. And that's where these other movies failed is because when they would present even positive, you know, um, female characters or they thought positive female characters like Catwoman or Elektra, they were still trying to make you realize, oh, a woman's doing this. Isn't it amazing? Like, there's a different style to way the women fight in this movie that looks feminine. And it's not feminine as in, like, they look like ballerinas, but... Mm-hmm. Whoever choreographed this you know, deserves some type of award because it looks like even the fighting style is female. And I'm a huge fan of the TV show Alias. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. I think Jennifer Garner was the first realistic female action hero we had. She also ended up being one of the reasons that female action movies were ended. Thank you, Elektra. But even on Alias, they always sort of drew attention to the way she fought as being a little bit too over the top and amazing. And it's just it never really worked and they're filming this in a way where it it looks like women fighting but it looks like women fighting tough if that makes any sense yeah no i i totally agree with you um i think that uh you know when you're watching them it's it's done so well that you know it's almost like this lioness or you know this tigress just like kicking butt and it's so natural it's it's amazing but I love they it. they get hurt too and that's the other thing is that yeah. when you have that opening sequence it's not the opening sequence but i guess the opening action sequence where it's all the amazonians against you know these these nazi invaders or whatever it's a brief scene but it's realistic because they're not hammering in oh these women can do everything better than you know the men it's like they're 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 
mortal too, you know? They can still take a hit. Uh, they can die. And Many boobies were lost in that fight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all the things this movie did for women, and Jamie brings it back down to the boobs. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I have to say that, you know, like I was saying, you know, I'm watching other movies, and they make these women out sometimes to look so skanky. And then, yeah. you know... You, Catwoman especially. I, I mean... I'm sure some guys don't mind, you know, watching Anne Hathaway as Catwoman, you know, with her tight clothes and stuff like that. But, you know... Well, that, that movie didn't overly sexualize. That that one did a pretty good job. Uh, I think that you just also like it because you like Anne Hathaway. Okay, anyways. <laughs> but, no, but, you know, I'm watching, I'm watching uh, Wonder Woman and it's like, you know she looks hot and you know it's obviously like revealing still her outfit even in the comics like it's a revealing outfit but there's nothing that i'm watching it and i'm like she looks like you know this runaway victoria's secret bra and underwear model yeah well that's again where i think the the thing that patty jenkins did really well and we'll talk a little bit about her in a second is that she made this uh this is where i think i'm not one of these people who's like oh well you know it took the point of view of a woman to tell a woman's story like this in some ways, yes. In some ways, no. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But I actually disagree with you. Well, I, I think that that made the whole difference. N in some areas, not in all of them. I'll, I'll explain in a second. But uh, the the fact is, is that Patty Jenkins sort of addressed the look of the women in this and how they're presented visually in this way where it wasn't drawing attention to it because it's the way the time period is, you know. My guilty pleasure, if I have one guilty pleasure TV show of all time, it's Hercules The Legendary Journeys with Kevin Sorbo. That's a guilty pleasure? That's such a great show. Well, I know, but most people are not going to look... Most people are going to be like, you know, what about Breaking Bad or 24 or all these intelligent shows out there, Game of Thrones, and I'm like, yeah, Hercules, <laughs> Kevin Sorbo. Nothing uh, wrong with that. That's like saying but, that you don't like Quantum Leap. Well, Quantum Leap is on a different level. That's oh. the greatest show of all time. But anyways, um, we're dating ourselves now <laughs> 90s references. But if you look at the way Hercules was presented, there's a difference in how the women were presented on Xena and the men were presented on Hercules. There's no difference in their wardrobe. You know, Kevin Sorbo has his shirt open the entire time. Uh, there are men wearing loincloths in that show. On Xena, they're wearing the same type of outfits, but they're presented a different way. And what Patty Jenkins did differently in this movie, kind of going with what you're talking about, is that you could have the same outfit filmed by a man and it would have looked different on the screen. 100%. And this is where I bring up the odd reference of Hercules and Legendary Journeys because even though there are women out there, one may be sitting across from me who's checking out Kevin Sorbo's you know, shirtless uh, bare chest or whatever. And I met him. We did meet him. I just want to say this is a complete tangent here. But I think there's a lot of similarities, I said, to Hercules and Wonder Woman. Um, Kevin Sorbo was, like, the greatest guy ever. I brought my season one of Hercules and Legendary Journeys, and he was signing, like, you know, uh, eight by tens of himself. And I just asked, you know, if I pay the same fee, can you just sign my DVD? He goes, I'll sign whatever you want. I've signed everything. I'll sign your forehead. I'll sign a boob. I'll sign a testicle. And I'm like, just the DVD, thanks. <laughs> the only person ever offered to sign a testicle, uh, credit to Kevin Sorbo. But back to my point... <laughs> Kevin Sorbo was not presented in like a sexualized way, and that's just because men were filming it. You know, mm -hmm. it still looked the same. Wonder Woman's costume isn't the difference maker here. It's how it's presented. Now, I'll go on to why I think maybe a little bit too much credit is being given to Patty Jenkins for this because... Oh, come on. Well, okay, let's forget this. There are people out there giving her credit for how the story is told. She did not write the screenplay. She came on when the script was already written, 
this story was mapped out partly by Zack Snyder. He 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 deserves more credit than he's getting. You know, people want to knock him because critics hated Batman Superman and they forget that the audience response was through the roof for it. Uh, but Zack Snyder mapped out this story. The guy who wrote the script, Alan Heinberg, he's actually a comic book writer who worked on the Wonder Woman comic. And you have three writers associated with this movie, all of which are men. And I'm not saying anything against Patty Jenkins, but I, there are some people out there who are giving her credit for areas that deal with the screenplay. And this is where you need to give some credit to Alan uh, Heinberg for one and Zack Snyder and Jason Fuchs and these guys because they wrote a script that was able to be directed by a woman and have her not complain about it. So some of the way that Wonder Woman is portrayed, it was written by a man and people shouldn't forget that. So let's give these guys some credit too. Is this kind of the same type of scenario where you actually got so annoyed with me for years because one of my favorite movies of all time, and yes, don't make fun of me, it's a children's movie, <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas, how you got so annoyed because everybody whenever anybody has anything good to say it's always Tim Burton, Tim Burton, Tim Burton and it was actually, what was that guy's name? Henry Selleck? Yeah, Henry that, Selleck. That, that actually makes that movie amazing and it's funny because you know, maybe people hate me for saying this but I thought it was Tim Burton and I saw a lot of the other stuff that he was responsible for and I'm not crazy about it and then Henry Selleck does Coraline and guess what? I love Coraline. <laughs> Um, well, that's a good point, too, because part of this is that I think people need to be giving credit across the board. And the thing that's most forgotten here is that Zack Snyder gets torn down by a lot of people, but yet he is so instrumental in what DC's doing and very instrumental in how Wonder Woman was developed. Not to mention he introduced Wonder Woman. A lot of what Patty Jenkins is doing here is uh, borrowing from what he did. But also, most importantly, Alan Heinberg. This is a comic book writer who wrote Wonder Woman. And... Had a man directed this movie, all the credit right now would have been people saying, well, this is what makes the difference. You have a real comic book writer writing a comic book movie. That's what people need to be doing. And that's another area that DC is really um, uh, doing things differently because Jeff Johns, and this is anybody who's not a comic book fan right now is super bored, but Jeff Johns, who's basically the head of DC Comics and now the head of the movie division, he's getting involved now in even writing the Justice League movie, and he executive produced this. And so there are a lot of people out there in the comic book world that are responsible for how good this movie has come across. Credit to Patty Jenkins for making a female-driven movie look and feel differently than if a man directed it. But also, let's give some credit to these comic book guys that are out there actually really shaping this as a great comic book adaptation. Well, and the thing is, too, is that you watch the movie and honestly, every part of the movie is amazing. You know, you look at the, the costumes, the the backgrounds, the everything. And, you know, tell me I'm wrong, but also another area where, honestly, somebody needs to get a whole lot of credit is the uh, soundtrack. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I want that to be, like, my new theme whenever I <laughs> enter a room. Well, are, okay, are you talking about the, I guess, the new theme, which is more um, uh, melodic, or are you talking about the, the Wonder Woman theme that appeared in Batman Superman? Uh, the Wonder both Woman theme. Yeah. The one that was in Batman Superman. Yeah. Mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, that was written by Hans Zimmer. This soundtrack's done by somebody different, Rupert Gregson Williams. But the soundtrack is amazing, too. And that's the other area where I think most recent superhero movies just don't have soundtracks that feel big. And if you go back to Superman the movie and Tim Burton, you know, a movie he actually did make. He didn't make Nightmare Before Christmas, people. Um, but the first Batman movie, those soundtracks were iconic. And that's what made those characters larger than life. And that's been missing so much. I think there's only a handful of superhero movies that have been made 
in the last, I don't know, 15 years where I feel like those themes are strong enough to identify a character with. Uh, sadly, two of the movies people don't really you know, give enough credit to so they don't realize how good the soundtracks are. The uh, more recent Incredible Hulk movie and then the first Captain America movie, uh, the one where it was World War II. You're just tired of me playing that Captain America music all That's the time. So That's my annoying. music. I want the original Captain America music, not like the, the Winter Soldier one, but the original 1940. No. But okay. the, the first Avenger. Here, here's here's something that's actually on a different subject, though, and this really isn't a spoiler. Even when Ben's not here, we can't stay on subject, people. I know, okay, but okay, was it was it you too, or just me, where I was watching the movie and I was like, "Where's the Invisible Jet?" <laughs> the Invisible Jet. Um, I don't know if that was a comic book thing, but that's the Super Friends. We brought this up in our Smallville episodes. The cheesy '70s an 80s animated show. Yeah, The Invisible Jet, maybe they'll find a way to make a throwaway joke about that. I don't think you could fit it in this realistic I think DC it would world. be really cheesy, wouldn't it? <laughs> okay, okay, but on, on another subject, you know, bringing that up, uh, what was your feeling on... Um, did you feel like... Because I felt like I wish that there was a little bit more of the, the mythology type of stuff with, like, Zeus and things like that. Uh, I wish that there was more about, like, the gods and things like that. Well, uh... In this movie, I would say no, and we'll kind of give little bits of the story here um, as we talk about this, because they do establish, you know, what Themyscira is and what these Amazonian women are. The fact that Zeus himself formed uh, Diana out of clay, or her mother, you know, formed out of clay and Zeus gave her life. There are bits and pieces about this. I guess the entire plot really revolves around whether or not the whole story with the gods fits into the real world because we're presented right away that yes, Zeus was real, Ares is real, and that Ares is like the big villain of this universe and that these women were just sitting there waiting for when Ares was going to reappear to try to destroy the world. And this movie takes place during World War One, and, you know, when Chris Pine's character, Steve Trevor, is introduced, uh, the idea is that Diana gets this in her head, well, this war you're talking about, the only person who could be behind that is Ares. So in this movie, I, I would have liked to just because as a fan of the more recent comic books, they really go deep into that where in every issue, you're almost seeing one of the gods. You know, you're getting Hades or you're getting uh, Poseidon or something like that. And it would have been cool to have that. But the way it works in this movie, it wouldn't work because the most interesting thing about this story is that you're this is a very realistic world that DC's building where it's it's almost like what would superheroes be like in our real world. Mm. And they play on that where Diane is in the world saying, you know, Ares is behind this war. And Steve and all the other characters are like, this is a war. People are bad. You know, it doesn't mean. And the whole question is, this entire movie is building towards is, is it actually Ares who is behind this? Are we going to see Wonder Woman against Ares? Or could she be wrong and humans are just terrible? It, it has a really interesting statement about war and about humans and war. Um, and that's one of the reasons this movie's getting a lot of credit is because this portrayal of war is very intelligent. But it, I don't think the whole plot would work if you got more into that because you need it to be that question of, is this Ares? Is this just bad humans? Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. And uh, uh, kind of another thing to ask you and go off on a little bit more. Um, did you ever in school or even just out of your own interest or whatever, did you ever actually learn uh, about Greek mythology? In school, no, but I was... Because we learned about it in school. You should see the look on her face. She cut me off. Her eyes got really wide, almost like 
her finger wasn't pointed in my face, but it shouldn't because we learned about it in school. <laughs> we did, actually. We learned about it. We did. And uh, actually, it's really funny uh, because it's it's really messed up the way that uh, Greek mythology is. And, you know, if you learn anything about it, you learn that Zeus, who's supposed to be like their top god or whatever, this guy's a total man whore. <laughs> what? He's a total man whore. Okay. Yeah. Um... He, he, uh, he, you know... It, it's just it's messed up because it's like everybody's like a half brother half sister because yeah. he just goes around like making all these babies with people all right I, I love though that you had to ask me if i learned about this in school i didn't learn about it in school but i have seen every episode of hercules the legendary journeys enough time to know them by heart so i know about it from that and that's better than what they taught you in school i'll put my finger in your face now now i'm getting the look all right let's move on <laughs> um no, but I mean, that's basically the plot of this movie. It's not a complicated plot. And once they do leave, you know, so that Diana can follow them, it really is just all about the fact that she feels this obligation that their entire purpose is to stop Ares when he comes back. And is this actually Ares or isn't it? And it's really interesting how that plays out. Once we see her, it's basically, I'd say, almost halfway into the movie before we really see her as Wonder Woman. We see her involved saving Steve's life. We see... Uh, some of the other Amazonians, you know, fighting the Nazis and all that. But as far as her as Wonder Woman in action, it takes almost halfway into this movie before we really see that. Yeah. Uh, up until then, it's kind of just her in the real world. And this is a lot of stuff I said earlier that I like, that it's portraying the time period the way it was, you know? And there's this fun uh, moment, and let's just say one of the most hilarious characters in this movie is, I don't even remember her name in the movie, but Steve's assistant uh, his secretary or whatever she was. Do you remember what her character's name was? Tilly. Tilly? <laughs> Are you just coming up with names now? Yeah. What other teen names can you come up with before you actually get the right one? How Tiffany. Many other... Tiffany. So is it Tiffany? Is it Tilly? I'm still looking. You give me another idea. Uh, Tully? It was Etta. Oh. Etta James? No, Etta Candy. Um... Like, like I Etta Candy? <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is... Uh, a character that was in, I guess, the old school Wonder Woman comics. I'm not familiar with her, but uh, what a hilarious character. And I didn't even realize this, but the actress... That pl- now you bumped the table. We'll have to edit that, too. Thanks a lot. Uh, hold on, I'm going to... Sorry. Careful. 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 Okay, so the actress that plays Edda, Lucy Davis, was in the original British version of The Office. Now, everybody knows the American version of The Office, which is such a bad show if you've ever seen the British version. Uh, not a terrible show, but in comparison. And this was the original secretary or love interest character uh, in the Office TV show. I would never have recognized her in this movie. <laughs> uh, and she's so hilarious in this movie. She's really the comic relief. Um, I wouldn't say she's just the comic relief, because also Chris Pine... How good is Chris Pine in this movie? Like, I feel like so much of the attention is on Wonder Woman as a character, and even on Gal Gadot playing uh, Diana, which we'll get to in a second. But how good is Chris Pine in this movie? Like, I can't give him enough credit for this. Yeah, I, I liked him in the movie. I thought that um, I thought that he had really good character development. And I mean, this guy is like one of the luckiest guys in the whole world. He gets to get it on with Wonder Woman, <laughs> you know. So. Well, I mean, there's more to or, it. Or, or it's implied, at least. Yeah, the, 
Now, now we're going to go down to, uh, uh, I guess, reversing the stereotypes here. Uh, Steve Trevor is more than just the man candy of this movie. His character is one of the most important characters in all of DC Comics. He's basically, you know, the, I guess you could consider him like the government liaison. The same way that Amanda Waller was for the Suicide Squad in Suicide Squad. Yeah. That's what he is to the Justice League. Uh, so it's such a big character. He's cute. It, well, I wasn't asking that, but he's cute. It took us 34 minutes before you <laughs> end up picking your man candy for the week. Yeah, um, well, you know, it it's not Keanu Reeves, it's not you know Hugh Jackman, but he's okay. All right, well, but I'm talking about the character and how good Chris Pine is in the movie. Uh, so again, we're flipping all the stereotypes here. Jamie is just trivializing every man in this movie as man candy, um, but he played this character so well, and it's such an important character that I think fans of DC Comics were going to want this character to be a, a big presence. Because, unfortunately, the way that this... Stop making that face oh, when I said big presence. I, I just remember that there was that scene in the movie and it was great. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, it took 35 minutes for Jamie to remember there's a scene where he comes out of a tub, pretty much, you don't see him full frontal but he comes out okay. in the nude okay but you know it's what? a fun it is a funny scene this is we, we won't give away the whole punchline, but it is a very funny scene because this is what i was talking about about um just the way that they portray wonder woman as a character she has this innocence about her where she's asking him questions that seem dirty and there's another scene later on where they're leaving to go back to the war and he's basically laying out this, you know, uh, bed for her. and says, you can go to sleep. And he starts, you know, walking off to the other side of the boat. She's like, you're not going to sleep with me? And he goes, no. And then it just becomes very awkward. It's like, don't you sleep with women? And she's meaning, are you not allowed to sleep beside a woman? And he's taking this, like, I, I have slept with women before, but I'm not, I don't want to answer this question. It just becomes so awkward. That's one of the reasons he's so good in this movie. Is okay, okay, but focus back on to the, where he was covering his privates with his hand and yeah, he was naked. I know. <laughs> I don't want to focus on that. Um, no, but... It, it was a great scene. Okay. <laughs> I think that he deserves an Oscar just for that. Okay. No, but no, but okay. I, I just said that this guy was okay, that he was cute. But seriously, like, uh, if, if any know, anybody knows what I appreciate about a man, you know, sure, it's nice to have, like, upper body strength and, you know, abs or whatever. That. Of course, look who you're married to. No, 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 but I'm saying, I'm saying those... No, 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 real guys with abs, Colin. Okay, okay. <laughs> This is Jamie's okay, translation. Those, those things are nice, obviously. They're okay. They're like the cherry on the cake. But you know what the whole cake is? The most important thing is anything from the waist down. I know that sounds oh, dirty. I'm not good. talking about. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking All about right. like you know like the legs and stuff like that. <laughs> and this guy has like jacked legs. And like I'm sure it, he it, works out. And like his his butt and his legs like like <laughs> those are nice man buns. And All I'm right. not talking about the ones in ponytails. Um. I was just talking about how funny the scene was. You had to go there. I, was, I, I wasn't listening to the joke. I was we've watching. Been, we've been doing episodes on Hugh Jackman and Chris Pratt and Michael Fassbender for weeks here. I finally get a chance to talk about Wonder Woman and Jamie's hijacking it with her man butt. Come on. Come on. You know, let's be honest here. You know, women aren't honest with themselves. There's, there's this misconception these days that men are, you know, they like, talk uh, about dirty things to each other and they're like so dirty and stuff like that and you know what guys uh if they're honest and most women don't know this guys are 100 percent the opposite guys are actually the ones that are much more uh reserved and uh actually clean ab about uh, as far as sharing things in with some other areas people. yes yeah but you know what like everybody has their own personality but to be honest with you women are the filthy ones 
They are filthy. Leave it. This is okay. This is where I'm going to say Patty Jenkins did an incredible job in uh, female empowerment. Is that Jamie wants to blow the whistle on how dirty women are? You heard it first, world. <laughs> women are filthy. Okay. Um, but let's get back to this for a second. Uh, Steve Trevor, we've been trying to talk about him now for about five minutes, I feel like. I think he is so I'm important. sorry, I'm still thinking about the glutes. All right, okay. And the quad. Shut up! <laughs> um, know your was, place, woman. <laughs> uh, he was so important to this movie, and I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Star Trek. I think he's amazing as Captain Kirk, but I'm going to put it out here. I feel like he is even better in this, in a much less flashy role than he is in Star Trek. I feel like this is Chris Pine's star-making performance. And tell me I'm not alone here. On his performance. No, I... Performance. I, performance. Performance as an actor. Performance. Delivering lines. Performance. <laughs> delivering lines, speaking dialogue, portraying a character. Oh, okay. That's what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, no, he's he's very good that way. Um, I, I've seen the Star Trek movies too, and with this one, I honestly think that he you watch it and it's like he just is the character yeah and it's like i said it's an iconic character but it's not a big character you know it's similar to amanda waller and suicide squad and anybody who wants to knock suicide squad just look at what viola davis can do as amanda waller you know that deserves you know a, a sequel or a, a trilogy on its own girls be tripping <laughs> i don't remember that line in the movie yeah um <laughs> but yes Back to what we've tried to say for probably six minutes now. Chris Pine is amazing in this movie. Uh, and I think he is just as important in this movie as Gal Gadot is as Wonder Woman. Partly because, let's talk about her now. Uh, it's my turn, Jamie. <laughs> That's all right. This is where I'm going to prove that men aren't as filthy as women. I don't get jealous. I work out. All right. But um, there was a lot of skepticism about her uh, going all the way back when she was cast. This is before Batman Superman came out. Her only major acting role came out of the Fast and Furious movies. Um, and let's just say she's not incredibly memorable. I've seen all those movies. Uh, I'm going to defend myself here for a second. I have not enjoyed a single Fast and Furious movie since the original in 2001. But I've still seen them all. And I can remember all the movies. I have still to this day zero recollection of her in either one I of the Fast know, and Furious movies. I didn't know she was in them. Yeah, but I mean... I. I've, I've, I've seen them too, and I, I don't know why I still watch them, you but could, I've seen them. You could point out all the other actors. Oh, is this person Fast and Furious? Like, oh, yeah, they were this person. I cannot remember her. And it, it's, it blows my mind that I can't remember her from those movies, and maybe that says something for why people were skeptical about her as Wonder Woman, because she's not really an actress. You know, she's an Israeli beauty queen who landed a couple of acting roles, got into the Fast and Furious movies, and was cast, you know, because she looked like she could be Wonder Woman. And one of the areas why I think it's important that you have an actor like Chris Pine in this or Danny Houston who plays one of the villains and some of the other actors in this or Robin Wright, you know, some of these uh, other female characters they have at the beginning is to, in a way, distract you from her lack of acting ability. Uh, and that's not knocking her in any way because what she does in this movie is incredible. But I'm, I'm not quite sure if she's going to go on to become a huge star. This isn't really like when Henry Cavill was a Man of Steel, even if... You know, Henry Cavill wasn't as good as Christopher Reeve. You knew that Henry Cavill had a future even outside of Superman. Um, with her, I'm not sure she's going to have a future outside of Wonder Woman. I would love it if she does, but the range she has in this movie, it is very limited, and that's a compliment because the way they portray her in this movie, it was right for somebody with a lack of acting experience. This is where I'm going to give her the most credit. 
there are things she does where she doesn't even have to speak in this movie where her performance is amazing. And there's one moment, and this is going to sound bizarre, and if you watch the movie, you'll get it, but we have a one-year-old son. And there's a scene when they're, uh, later in the movie, I think they're in France or Germany or somewhere, and her and Steve are outside, and it starts snowing out. And she has this reaction where she's sort of looking up the slow snow as if, like, she doesn't know what it is, but she's interested by it. And the way that she looks at it is like the way our one-year-old son looks at something that he hasn't seen before. And it's not like you know, amused or anything like that. But there's like an innocence that she brings to this that was necessary for the character because this is a character who's well, never the same seen... same thing when she saw a baby because she's never seen a baby. Well, with the baby, it was different. That was a moment where she was like, ah, oh, it's a baby. And she goes up and tries to grab it. And it's like, no, don't go grabbing she's, other people. She's, she's never seen one though. No, I know. But my point is, is that there's... And I'm not, you know, saying anything against that. that. That definitely goes with what I'm saying about the way the character portrays. But the way her performance is... The innocence she has in her performance, that's one of the reasons this movie works, is because she is tough. She could kill anybody in this movie, but she doesn't play it that way. And that's where Gal Gadot does such a good job, because she plays this with an innocence, and that's the only way I think you could have pulled off this character and not had it be so over the top the way these other female characters have been in the past. There is also, she plays it in a feminine way, and not a feminine way where she's like twirling or, you know... Uh, what, you're pointing at me right now like you want well, to interrupt and get be, my face again. <laughs> yeah, well, I do that all the time. But especially when you we think think back about the fact that we saw her in Superman versus Batman. Yeah. And she's this, you know, lady that she does play that role of Wonder Woman quite differently. But, oh, yeah. But she's adapted to this world for how many years at that yeah, point? Yeah, that's 100 years and, later. And, like, she, you know, she's she's stealing things and she's like this master thief and mm -hmm. all these kind of things like that. You know, she's flirty and stuff like that. Like it's just a hundred percent different. It's all the things you don't get in this original movie. And that's why she works so well in this movie. And some people were critical of her accent. Here's one of the minor complaints I'm going to give in this movie. Um, her real accent was hard for them to hide in Batman Superman. And she got great, uh, praise for Wonder Woman and her in Batman Superman, but some of the negative criticism she got was that her accent was a little bit too strong. And in this movie, they do try to hide her accent by having everybody on Themyscira talking like she does. And all the other actors at the beginning of the movie are basically imitating her accent, and it sounds very awkward at times, and their accents slip. That's a minor complaint, but yeah, I, I, I feel like she I doesn't have to... I actually liked it. If you watch it again, you'll realize that there's a lot of times where their accents are slipping in a in a kind of embarrassing way. Mm. Um, I must but, have not caught it. I I did I did fall asleep for like two minutes. Yeah, but you but that's for... not because the movie was boring. You fall asleep in every movie. Yes, it, it's because whenever I'm in a dark room and stuff like that, very relaxed and especially if I'm warm, I fall asleep like immediately. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> let's I just, just want to say that that the movie was great. Let's just say this: that. everybody out there has probably seen The Force Awakens, but we won't spoil it for the one or two who maybe haven't. But the major dramatic scene of The Force Awakens, the big twist that nobody saw coming, uh, Jamie fell asleep during that when we saw it. We went back and saw it a second time. She fell asleep at the same moment. Went back to see it a third time. She fell asleep, and I had to nudge her awake. I'm like, "This is the just." fall asleep for the rest of the movie. This is the one part you have to stay awake for. So I will back up. You fall asleep during everything. It wasn't the fourth time that I saw it? No, it was third. Oh. You only saw it three times. Oh. Well, in theaters. But... Yeah, it wasn't that great of a movie. <laughs> but back to my point, we keep getting sidetracked here. Um, the innocence that Welcome she brings... Welcome to living with a woman. <laughs> the, the innocence that Gal Gadot brings to this is what works so well for the character. And I don't want anybody to take this as me knocking her. 
uh, when I say I'm not sure she's going to have a future outside of Wonder Woman. Christopher Reeve didn't have a future outside of Superman. I think that she became this character so well with her limited acting range, and she did such a good job considering her limited acting range, that I'm not... I, I just I haven't seen anything that makes me think she could be a star outside of this the way that Henry Cavill did in Man of Steel, and I'm fine with that. If this is the only character she ever gets to play, like how incredible is that? You know, who who's going to complain if all we get is Wonder Woman movies for the next twenty years? Yeah, no, I agree. And there's some roles that you know people have complained about in the past for different things being typecast, but I don't honestly think that that's as much of a problem anymore. I think that's kind of a thing of the past. Uh, yes and no. But. Well, I, yeah, I mean, there are situations where actors are being typecast still. Um, but I think what we're seeing, particularly with superhero movies, is that the actors they're hiring for these are good enough that they're finding ways out of it. Like, nobody would have predicted that Andrew Garfield, when he left Spider-Man, would go on to have success this quickly. And yet, within a he, year... He did something else? He got nominated for Best Actor for Hacksaw Ridge last year. Oh, that's right. He was in you that You saw movie. it with me. That was okay. Oh, it was amazing. Okay, yeah, was Jamie okay. doesn't know what she's talking yeah. about. Jamie I think, watches I, cartoons. I think that no, 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 it's not about that. I think that might be a little bit more of a guy, a dude movie. Oh, it's such a good movie. But Andrew Garfield, there's a perfect example. Nobody would have thought this guy could be a star. If they did think he could be a star after uh, Amazing Spider-Man, nobody would have thought it would happen within a year and a half that he his, would get his an Oscar accent nomination. was so bad in that movie. It wasn't. It was terrible. No, it wasn't. It was he like, was doing. My name's fucking <laughs> Would you like a bowl of gumbo? Uh, I didn't realize he was Bubba from Forrest Gump in Hacksaw Ridge. I gotta do what I gotta do. I gotta be a man and become a doctor. Okay. I'm not allowed to use gun. Okay. He was, if you've ever met anybody from the South, you'd realize that's, you made a baby cry, Jamie. This is Ben's job He's on the He's crying episode. because my imitation of his accent is so bad. I'm, I love how it was your point to say, actors aren't being typecast anymore. I bring up one of the greatest examples and you're like, well, but his accent was terrible. His accent You should go was, back to being Spider-Man. No, his accent was terrible. It was amazing. Was Let me go terrible. back to my examples. Hugh Jackman, not, <laughs> he's really crying. Hugh Jackman, <laughs> not typecast, okay? Henry Cavill, already not typecast. I mean, it, go and watch mm. the man from uncle. You don't have to do mmm. I, I didn't do nothing. You did. This was. This is my chance. This is Wonder Woman. Here's my chance, and you're still being the. I didn't do anything. <laughs> one jeopardizing this marriage. Uh, I did nothing. Um, point is, yeah. At least in superhero movies, the actors are good enough. They're not being typecast. But with her limited acting experience, I don't know if this is something that's going to if her star power is going to carry past this. If it does, I'll be thrilled. You know what makes me really sad, though? Is I would actually really love to dress up as her for a Comic-Con, but I would totally feel like a prostitute. <laughs> You're the one who said I she's know. not out there in it was, some it wasn't, prostitute outfit. It wasn't... It didn't actually come across that way when you're watching it. It honestly didn't. Uh, she she didn't look, you know, skanky or anything like that. I'm just saying, like, if I wore something like that, I would feel like I was, you know... I don't know, like I had a 50% off sale going on or something, you know, like. <laughs> Let's talk about some of the other actors slash characters in this really quickly. Um, if you did see Batman vs. Superman, you realize that what sets this up is that picture that she's after uh, in Batman Superman, which is a picture of her in 1917 in World War One, with Chris Pine, Steve Trevor at her side, and this group of this kind of weird uh, 
collaboration of nations. Misfits. <laughs> Misfit spy. It's basically a spy crew. They put together a spy crew in this movie. And you have, uh, you know, Chris Pine obviously is one of them. Um, you have, I think he's supposed to be Irish. I don't know. <laughs> Was he Irish? I think so. Or yeah. Sc- Irish or Scottish, but I'm pretty sure it's Irish. Yeah. You have the Samir, the, um, the, the Middle Eastern uh, spy guy. And then you have the chief, the Aboriginal The chief, yeah. Guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so those are the, the other ones that make up the spy team. And did you like this whole little crew? Again, it's something very similar to what they did in the first Avenger Captain America, but I feel like they they did a little bit better in this one. Yeah, like, uh, none of the characters were bad. They were all good. But um, if I had to pick a favorite out of, like, all of those little side characters, mm-hmm. I would probably pick the chief, the Aboriginal guy. I liked his character. I thought he was very likable. Um, they did go... Um, and spend a little bit of screen time with him. They did with the others too, but even though I didn't really know him that well, I think he's my favorite. Uh, no, I actually preferred Samir, um, and I think it's just because he had a little bit more of the like screen time and everything. Uh, the actor reminds me, I'm trying to figure out what he was in here. I see he was in American Hustle. I don't remember from that. Um, he was in Batman versus Superman in a picture. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so, oh, he was, yeah, in G.I. Joe, G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra, another guilty pleasure movie of mine. (laughs) He was Breaker in G.I. Joe, of course, the famous Breaker. Uh, No, but I think the only thing I want to take away with these characters is that they're introduced, obviously, more than halfway into the movie. Uh, They don't play a big role. They're there the whole time, but I feel like they're there to enhance Wonder Woman, and it's not like, here's some fun little characters that can have their own little action pieces. I don't remember one thing they did. They were in all the action scenes. I don't remember one thing any of these guys did, but they all had these scenes with Wonder Woman that I felt helped to enhance her as a character. There's another area where they took other actors with more experience and helped to uh, showcase Gal Gadot more as a star. And what did you think about uh, the the bad guys? Like, uh, what, what what was that? Like, uh, Hamburglar? Or... <laughs> Hamburglar? <laughs> L- Ludenburglar? Ludenburg? Well, Heinenberg? Something like that? Uh, okay, so... As we said, this movie is, it's more centered on the humans and and the Nazis. And you you basically have two villains, henchmen. You have Ludendorff, Hamburglar Ludendorff is what his name was. Danny Houston who plays him. I'd like cheese with that, please. Uh, He's not Hamburglar, he's Ludendorff. Oh, do you remember the Hamburglar though? Yes, I remember the Hamburglar. Oh my goodness, come on, that guy was so cool. He looked like he was a robber, it was great. (laughs) <laughs> he, the st- most, he stole <laughs> stuff. <laughs> the most obviously unintentionally hilarious statement ever. You remember the hamburger? He looked like a robber. And he looked like he stole stuff. Awesome. I bet if that guy was really, 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 like, dashing and hot. <laughs> bring me a... Bring me a soda and a large fry, hamburger. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, this is this is even more confusing than doing an episode with Ben. <laughs> but the other one uh, is a character that has less dialogue, I guess. A Ludendorff Hamburglar <laughs> has the majority of the the dramatic scenes, and he's kind of, I guess, the stand-in villain. You know, we're not dealing with World War II. We don't have Hitler, so we have Ludendorff here. And the idea is that he's just building these weapons, and it's it's a war story. I mean, similar to you know what Red Skull's doing, in Captain America. The other one. What I thought was hilarious is that we have like almost a James Bond style henchman, but a henchwoman in this movie. 
She which... I think she only has two nipples, though, not three. <laughs> That's a man with a golden gun reference. For anybody who doesn't know all the James Bond movies. Uh... <laughs> So that Jamie doesn't sound completely crazy right oh, now. Oh, I know my nipples. You know your Bond films. Um, I know my nipples. Anyways, but yeah, the this other character, I don't even remember what her real name was, but her, I guess she was the scientist or the mad scientist in this movie. And what's great is she has like this Phantom of the Opera style mask. I loved it. I loved it. I think her name was Doctor Monroe. Well, but but what they call her, like she has this code name that everybody they know her as Doctor Poison, which sounds so old school. I don't know if this is like an old. It almost sounds like it would be like. You know, an original 1940s, 1950s Wonder Woman villain, Dr. Poison. But she has, like, this weird Phantom of the Opera style mask over the bottom half of her face. And her name is Dr. Poison. And she just, you know, comes up with, like, these really deadly gases. It was such a, like, great, you know, thing for what really is a spy story in World War One that was just fantastic. Yeah, so I, I liked the villains they had here. They're not big villains. Um, at this point, I mean, the big villains that we see in the DC movies tend to be more of the human characters. I mean, Amanda Waller in Suicide Squad was almost more of a villain than the actual villains they had. You know, uh, But yeah, I think they both did well. And Danny Houston, this is just interesting because he played William Stryker in X-Men Origins Wolverine, the first one. And I thought he was great as Stryker, even though that movie was terrible. So it's cool to see him playing, I think, probably a better character in this one. Uh, good villains, did you like them both? Uh, yeah, I like them both. I, I thought that... Um... They had a good story and they had enough time and that there's good character development. Yeah. <laughs> this I is like, where you try to sound intelligent. I, I like After uh, being hamburger, looked like he robbed stuff and he had hey, like, hey, he you, looked like a burglar. You, you want to speak about intelligent? When I was at work today, I learned a new word. I, I had to look it up because somebody put in my notes for this customer's account a, a new word. I had to look it up. Ambiguous. Oh. Now I know what that means. Um, now these people were not ambiguous. No. <laughs> You're going to work that into the episode on the mummy next week. Um, yeah, decent villains in this. So we've covered pretty much all the characters, you know, short of, I guess, the other Amazonians, which are established at the beginning of the movie. And they got some, some good actors, like I said, especially Robin Wright to play. Uh, I think it was, she was like the head trainer or something I think like they that, did the a good soldier. I think they did a good job, though, of making... Uh, Wonder Woman's mom and her aunt mm -hmm. actually look like sisters. I thought yeah. that they were actually related. And the funny thing is they hired those two actresses because they were well-known, semi-well-known, famous actresses, you know? And yeah. they wanted like to have, I guess, some star power in the beginning of the movie. Um, I guess one other thing to talk about here is just the action scenes in it. And the thing that was most interesting for me, we're going longer on this and we're not saying anything negative. This is why we started off the episode by saying this is just going to all praise. This movie's amazing. It's uh, freaking awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you just woke up half the audience. Oh, sorry. I think it spit on your mic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you spit on me all the way across the table here. But um, That's okay. You're married to me. You're stuck with me now. Yeah. We'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're talking about your bare-chested man buns or whatever. <laughs> Okay, so the action scenes, as we said, the way they film Wonder Woman, the style is totally unique. It looks amazing. I want to watch it all day. But I wonder why you <laughs> want to watch it all day. <laughs> I'm sure it's just the action. It has nothing to do. And okay, the, I, I I said earlier that they're not like you know making them out to be these little like Playboy bunny trash skank bags. But <laughs> but you know what? At the same time though, you got to appreciate it when there's you know there's a woman on screen that you could tell looks after herself and you know, works out and stuff like that and she's not an Israeli one. beauty queen oh she she is 
hot. I will leave you for that Israeli beauty queen. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? I I couldn't blame you if you did. Um, but back to the action scenes as you sidetracked us again. Uh, it's not about the way that the visual style is just, but the fact is there's only a couple of big action scenes in this, and that's the other area where it's almost like a classic comic movie. They didn't waste time with like an action scene every five minutes. The yeah. ones they have, they make it count. Particularly, yeah. my favorite sequence in the movie, which they show a little bit of the trailers, which is her storming across no man's land, you know, in the middle of trench warfare from one trench to the other, as oh, they've just told great. her, you know, nobody has even gained an inch on this battlefield in a year. And she just storms across it. It, it is amazing to watch. Like that's going to go down as one of the great comic book action scenes of all time. And it leads into a big thing of her and the other spies sort of taking this village. It's just amazing. The climax is fantastic. They use Wonder Woman's power so well in this. And the area where I think this movie deserves so much credit is again, a lot of people are giving it credit right now for how it portrays war. That some people are saying this is one of the great war movies that people have made in the last few years. And that's not even a disrespectful thing because this entire movie is focused on a real war and real yeah. battles. And it's not like, and I love the first Avenger. I'm one of the biggest defenders of the first Captain America movie, the first Avenger. But it's not like that where they're telling you, hey, a real superhero was helping us win this war and you never knew it, you know? Yeah. She's there for one or two battles. She has her own mission. She doesn't care about the war. She thinks she can stop this on her own if she can stop Ares. You know, well, and if it really is, is Ares. And it isn't disrespectful. You look at exactly. You you go back to the time period that you're talking about. Time period, right? Mm -hmm. When you had the war and stuff like going on on uh, at that point, you know, 40s and 50s or what. Whenever it was, like... <laughs> World War One in the 40s and 50s? <laughs> Whenever it was, I forgot, okay, I learned more about Greek mythology than Hitler. <laughs> Hitler wasn't in World War One. Oh. You just made a baby cry again. Yeah, okay, anyways. This is, this is coming from the same person where, you know, years and years and years ago, like, you know, 12 years ago, when I was on the bus with you and we were talking about Hitler and I said, wasn't he the guy who killed Jesus? <laughs> this is what I live with, people. <laughs> no, I, I'm much more educated now. But okay, no, where was I going with that? But when, <laughs> when, you, when you look at the time period, though, whenever the war was, they had comic books and stuff like that that were written of these superheroes and stuff like mm -hmm. that helping to fight the war. Yeah. And this was something that... Uh, maybe not only kids were reading but that people were reading and they were they were looking to it as a sign of hope yeah and it was just something that it wasn't just misery well, but i think what this movie does differently because yeah you're right i mean the superman comics really started that by yeah. having superman in the war yeah. captain america was created for that purpose yeah um and and i like that they portrayed that in captain america but where i feel like this movie succeeds even more is that even though wonder woman is involved in these battles and involved in these historic points in the war it's not drawing attention to that. It's not like they're saying, well, Wonder Woman actually won the battle. Yeah. You know, this isn't like Titanic where they're like, hey, you know all those people who died? Well, the only thing that really mattered was some fake love story with teenagers. Oh, don't even get me started on that. Oh, the, we got to have you on when we the, do that. The thing, the thing that makes me the most mad about that movie is like there could have been room for him to survive too or they yeah. could have we'll, took turns. We'll talk about that she, when we cover she, that. She let him die. When we cover that for the 20th anniversary. Yeah, ben she, and I she let him die. Disagreements. But my point is, so this isn't disrespectful because she's barely involved in these things. It's it's sort of her, and it's not like everybody looking at her. She's not this character like Captain America in the first Avenger was this character that everybody in that universe knew, oh, Captain America's the guy who's helping us win the war. In this, if the war ends, nobody's going to be like, hey, remember that woman who helped us win that one battle? You know, she's just sort of there in the background. So it treats it very respectfully. Yeah. And I love the way they set it in the time period. It wasn't 
campy. It wasn't like this cartoony version. It felt like you it were in the middle of World natural. War One. Yeah, it was very natural. Yeah, and yeah. it's not over the top and violent. A lot of people who felt like Man of Steel, Batman, Superman, even well, Suicide Squad was, it was meant gr- to be gory. Right? Yeah, yeah. that those movies were a little bit too dark and violent. This isn't a dark movie. It's it's quite an uplifting movie without kind of hammering it in there. As I said, it's just it's it's almost like a feel good movie, but it does have a good deal of uh, I don't know. If Tension. I mean, violence isn't really the right word. Gritty. It's gritty still. Yeah. It's 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 kick butt womanness. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when she loses uh, uh, all of her material with interesting things to say about hamburgers. It's kick butt woman goodness. Hey, you know what? When I took Casper to McDonald's the other day, I saw the hamburger <laughs> on the bib. I completely forgot about that dude. They still are making. Those old McDonald's characters on bibs. Yeah, <laughs> on bibs, okay. Yeah, um, that was great. We'll qu- quickly talk about Patty Jenkins again as we only... Uh, Patties, mm, McDonald's patties. <laughs> uh, I just want to quickly say I never on a podcast because you never had to talk about it before for a reason, but I've knocked Patty Jenkins even when she was hired for this movie. I was very skeptical, um, not because... You know her track record. She's done one movie, and the one movie she made was 14 years ago. It was Monster, which Charlize Theron won Best Actress for, and it was a decent movie for what I saw of it. I didn't see the whole thing, um, but she hasn't made another feature film in 14 years. She's done some TV shows here and there. She's had two failed projects uh, in the last couple of years. She was originally hired to do Thor: The Dark World. And she was let go. There were rumors that she was let go as Jamie mimes that she was boozing on set or something. They never filmed that movie, so that wasn't the case. But there were rumors that, yeah, whatever rumors you could have out there, there were tons of rumors as to why she was fired from Thor. Um, She then had another movie called Jane Got a Gun, which, Ben, if you're listening to this, you're going to hear me give credit to a movie Natalie Portman not only starred in but actually produced. Uh, Jane Got a Gun was a really decent movie, but that was her movie she was supposed to direct. Natalie Portman was just forcing Patty Jenkins to do everything. And Patty Jenkins got fired several days into filming that movie. The guy who took over, Gavin O'Connor, did a great job with that movie. But That's the story I was trying to remember about her. Yeah. The, yeah, and again, that. rumors, oh, she was an alcoholic, she was unprofessional on set. Maybe there was truth through those rumors. Who knows? I mean, if you read interviews with her, she seems like very... I'm not going to say stubborn, but somebody who's kind of, you know, she wants to do it her way. She's even already kind of complaining about having to do Wonder Woman 2. Jamie's pointing herself. What the? <laughs> you're unprofessional and get fired I'm not very being I'm, difficult. I'm not unprofessional, <laughs> but I'm very stubborn and I like to do things my own way. Yeah, but for whatever reason, she was let go from two major movies and that kind of put in my head that, oh no, she's doing Wonder Woman. This movie's going to be a disaster. She did a great job with this, and I think one thing that also DC doesn't get credit for, the Marvel movies, you know, aren't doing as well as managing their directors. They're getting big names in there to direct. Zack Snyder, um, Patty Jenkins isn't a big name, but, like, respected directors. Patty Jenkins made an Oscar-nominated movie. David Ayer, who did Suicide Squad, did some of the my favorite movies the last 15 years, and to watch especially. People go back and watch this. This is the guy who wrote Training Day. I mean... They're getting good filmmakers, and there's rumors now that they're getting George Miller, who got nominated for an Oscar for Mad Max for possibly Suicide Squad. Mel Gibson's, you know, in the running here. Mel freaking Gibson! (laughs) Matt Reeves, who did the last two Planet of the Apes movies, is going to be doing one. The Marvel directors... Did you you ever find that the Planet of the Apes uh, 
those apes in like what was it the Tim Burton one? Did you ever find that they kind of look like Michael Jackson? They wanted them to look like Michael Jackson. That was t let's not get on Tim Burton here. <laughs> Please, that that's a movie I will if you ever if we ever have a fans suggest the movie i'm telling you now if you want to hear me angry for three hours suggest tim burton's planet of the apes no but, usually all i have to do is just talk about natalie portman yeah that's where you get me angry for three hours but uh back on track here if i can even remember what i was talking about as jamie just randomly flashed a picture of christopher reeve opening his shirt <laughs> mm. <laughs> i already forgot okay patty jenkins okay so DC's getting some directors who are being given good control of the movie. Patty Jenkins never complained about DC interfering or Warner Brothers interfering. Joss Whedon left after Age of Ultron because he said he couldn't work with Marvel anymore, and now he's doing a DC movie. So you got to give DC a lot of credit for the freedom they're giving the directors and the directors being able to pull off these movies that are different. Uh, so we've, I guess, wrapped up everything on Wonder Woman. Can you uh, think of anything else we haven't covered yet? Um... I, How awesome this movie is! It's it's like I said, it's freaking amazing. <laughs> um, no, I I don't know. I I love the movie a lot, and I think that it's 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 kick butt. I think that if they <laughs> it's kick butt girl stuff. Well, I, I can't say the other word because I'm recording something, and there may there may be children. Oh, I don't want children to listen to my podcast. <laughs> yeah, you've <laughs> said shouldn't. much worse things. Please, on your please don't. This is this is not for children. <laughs> <laughs> please, please don't try this at home. Okay. No, Back but to what um, you're but with the uh, with the movie, uh, you know, I hope that it, um, I hope it sparks kind of a revival into this type of genre where we get to see other realistic natural awesome strong woman figures like how cool would it be if they did like a she-ra movie <laughs> why are you laughing uh it would be campy uh i don't know if it could be no. the same as wonder woman i i, I liked he-man and she-ra growing up but yeah no or like a real I life get what you're saying a though. real life sailor moon movie yeah now we know who suggested the sailor moon episode that we're gonna eventually get to but moon cosmic power <laughs> Um, but yeah, I understand your point, but at the same time, my, I guess, last thought is exactly what my first thought was on Wonder Woman, which is that this movie doesn't hammer in you. This is a female empowerment movie. It's just a movie and she's just a superhero. And the reason it works is because they're not presenting her as being, she's better than men at everything. And they're not presenting her as like, uh, you know, aren't women amazing at all this and, uh, isn't it amazing that a woman can do this? It's just a superhero. She's presented the same way Superman's presented. She's presented the same way Batman's presented. And that's the only way you could do this leading into Justice League. I, I love this, though. Like I said, I I, I look at her and I want to be able to, as well, you know, have that power to crush men's skulls in between my thighs. <laughs> you uh, know, like... I'm canceling your gym membership tomorrow. <laughs> Well, no, I I just love being strong. It's great. Yeah. What a, what an awesome figure. Yeah, but and not not just figure isn't like her figure. Yeah, what like, an awesome figure. But like, <laughs> what an awesome woman to look up to. She's great. Yeah, but again, it's funny because every time you say that, I almost feel like I gotta say for the for the guys out there listening, don't feel like you're gonna get dragged into. Oh, this is gonna be like female empowerment, and oh, my girlfriend's gonna be like, uh, uh, I want to be Wonder Woman and stuff like that. It's just a great superhero movie. It's and. That's not any knock against it. It's coming from a guy's point of view. You don't look at this as anything. You don't look at it as any different than Batman or Superman or Spider-Man or Iron Man. And, just... and there is still eye candy for both men or women or whatever. Whatever floats your boat. So, <laughs> yeah. 
whatever yeah. floats your boat, Ben. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Why is Ben a fan of Chris Pine? <laughs> I'm sure he would be. He's been fans of uh, much crazier things. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> Ben, I know you're listening to this on the end here. We got to give our uh, review of it. We're not even going to say, is this a rent it or a bin it? Uh, let's just say what it is. It's this a freaking is... awesome movie. Go buy it. <laughs> buy it. This isn't a buy it. This is a invest your life savings in the sequel so they can make something just as good. Like this movie is all kinds of amazing. Get the greatest specialist edition. The greatest specialist. Yeah. Buy the steel book uh, criterion. Uh, <laughs> Uh, special cosmic power. Yeah, buy, buy the steel book so then if, if you don't work on your thighs where you can crush men's skulls with them, you can crush their skulls with the steel book. There you go. <laughs> so that's our recommendation for Wonder Woman. And uh, No, but seriously, ben... don't, don't do that because you'll get arrested. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing you have to be concerned with people taking the wrong way here. <laughs> oh, yeah, you guys gotta love me. Um, so, Ben, if you're listening, give us your opinion. Do you like Chris Pine? <laughs> I want to know how, how, on a 1 to 10, how, how hot he is on a hunkability scale. <laughs> yeah, from Ben's level here, of course. you you, you got to tell me, what, what is he 1 to 10 on a hunkability scale? Uh, I don't know. He's, he's a 9.5. 9.5? Who's yes. a 10? Uh, on, on, for men? For a hunkability scale. Me, of course. Well, besides yourself, we all know that you are. <laughs> uh, Henry Cavill. Yeah, darn right. I mentioned that because I know he's your favorite. Mm. <laughs> but we will see Wonder Woman again soon. We don't have to wait long. Uh, quickly, before we talk about Justice League, I want to go along in this episode. I want to talk about this for two hours if we can, but uh, we're, we're going to end it here. But before we talk about what they could do in Wonder Woman 2, let's talk about how amazing Justice League is. I remember the night I saw Batman versus Superman. Uh the one status I put up was something along the lines of how, how much I love the movie, how bad critics were, and that it made me so excited for the Wonder Woman movie and so excited for the Justice League movie. Uh, I'm even more excited for the Justice League movie now. You know, we, we have had Batman and Superman. Now we have Wonder Woman. We're also going to have Flash and Cyborg. But like Wonder Woman can steal this entire movie. Aquaman. Aquaman too. Let's not forget Aquaman. Aquaman's awesome. I don't care what anybody else says. He looks really cool. Yeah. Now, how great is this movie going to be now that we've seen Wonder Woman? Uh, it's going to be amazing, but I was a little bit disappointed that they didn't have anything at the end of the movie to wait for. Yeah, there's no post credit scene, so if you don't want to listen to how great the soundtrack is, and it is awesome enough to stay through the credits, don't stay. There's no post credit scene. Talking about credits, too. How cool was it? I've never actually seen this before. You pay attention to credits way more than I do, though. How cool was it that they had literally had like a, a, probably about a million names of people in their credits and like thanks to this person thanks to this person they probably listed like every single person they probably listed like all of the ants on the ground that like mm-hmm. walked by <laughs> seriously like there were so many names I couldn't even actually yeah keep track yeah I think <laughs> I thought where you're going with this was that they gave credit in the end special thanks to all of the writers and artists who are involved but there was in that too but i was just like like i've never seen uh credits that have that many well, people listed them. trust me there's tons that's nothing to be amazing you're like there's credits that go longer than the 30 seconds it takes me to turn off my dvd player well <laughs> why didn't you make that face like it looked like a stupid little girl <laughs> i don't know because so far in this episode you're like, hamburglar's awesome he steals stuff and he looks like a robber your face right now is ridiculous. <sighs> okay. 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 
Anyways, I'm not a dumb little girl. Okay. But um, <laughs> you're empowered. This movie empowered you. That's right. It empowered me to walk to McDonald's Justice and get a McDouble. League? Justice League. Justice League looks pretty awesome. Yeah. And from here, Wonder Woman two. What should they do? Uh, what shouldn't they do? <laughs> okay. Here's where I'm torn because the original rumor, and this probably was just a rumor that came out, was that the Wonder Woman movie series was all going to be a prequel to Justice League. That Wonder Woman 1 would be about her in, like, 1917, and that the next one would be her in the 1950s, you know, uh, and then the final one would be her in, like, you know, modern day. And I kind of Wonder like... Woman on Tinder? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Swipe right for Batman? <laughs> Swipe right for Ben Waterer? <laughs> uh, ben only wishes. <laughs> but... No, I mean, I, I kind of want to see her in different eras of history, and that's what I liked about the X-Men movies that they did so well. And maybe it would be imitating that a little bit, but it would be cool to have them do that and keep her in history. But at the same time, I felt like what worked so well with her in this movie was that innocence of her not understanding the world. In a way, I want to see this pick up right where the first one left off. Yeah. And how does she just get involved Kind of like the middle, like the before, before Batman yeah. Superman. Because yeah. what we ha have to understand is this movie opens with her in a scene that takes place after Batman vs. Superman, and it ends after Batman vs. Superman. I mean, the, the opening and closing of this movie is a modern-day scene that kind of tells the story of that photograph that she's after in Batman vs. Superman. And I feel like we're going to get modern-day Wonder Woman in the Justice League movies. Let's do some more throwback stuff with her, like in, in 1917 or 1950s or wherever. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think that would be really, really awesome to watch, and uh, I'm, I'm interested to see her character develop I know I keep saying character development, character development. <laughs> Ambiguous. <laughs> <laughs> Tricepical. <laughs> well, you're just making up words. Uh, I'm really intelligent. <laughs> um, but no, like the, the movie, I, I hope that they uh, kind of dive more into her. I want to see more of her. <laughs> oh, that sounds so bad. No. I wasn't laughing because of that. It's just it was another one of these moments where you're like, I hope they dive more into the, the character and their development. No, but you know, like I'm so bad with that because uh, I'm I'm so immature because people will just be talking about regular everyday things and I always think of these dirty puns and I just can't help it. Even while you're talking, I, I just can't keep laughing. Stop thinking about hamburger <laughs> food and the other thing. That's it. Yeah. Man. Uh, we'll wrap this up here. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I wonder who they would have as uh, uh, Man Candy in the next one. Okay, so those are our parting thoughts on Wonder Woman. Who are they going to have as Man Candy in the next one? <laughs> All we know is that Wonder Woman will be back. But she'll be back in Justice League first. And guaranteed we're going to cover that. And uh, if we have our goal, our goal I think at this point is that we're hoping to cover these DC films leading into Justice League before Justice League comes out in November. So you can expect larger recaps with spoilers and all where Ben's on it with me and, you know, Nick or whoever else. Maybe Jamie will join us and we'll cover Man of Steel. If you want to hear Jamie get really inappropriate, just let her talk about Henry Cavill. Uh, Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, Suicide Squad, and Wonder Woman. We'll hope to cover those. But before we get there, we have stuff still coming out now. Um, you can listen to, within 24 hours, we're going to put out the first of our random TV episode rewatches. We had suggestions go out uh, a couple of weeks ago where we wanted you to just recommend any random episode of any random TV show. Just make us watch something different. Don't worry about if it's the first episode, the last episode, something in the middle. Don't worry about if we've seen it before. Don't worry about if it is RuPaul's Drag Race <laughs> or Sailor Moon. Thank you, Jamie. Or the episode we're going to cover this week, which is Doctor Who... 
Season 4, episode 10, I believe it is, Midnight. Nick and I get to sit down and talk about a Doctor Who episode, which was suggested by Zachary Chong, I believe. So yeah, we got your suggestions, and we're starting that. We're going to do one of these each month. Nope, not each month. Uh, what's the other thing? Week. Week, that's right. Now I'm the intelligent one. One of these each week uh, for the rest of June, at least, and then we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, so you can stay tuned to the first random rewatch we'll have. Uh, we're hoping maybe before the end of the weekend. It depends on when we can get the episode out. But we are going to see The Mummy this week. Freaking awesome. You've been nothing but negative about The Mummy every time a commercial's on TV. Yeah, I'm actually totally just joking. I'm really not excited to see it. But I'm excited. But we'll see if it actually is awesome or not. It's ha- It has Tom Cruise in it. Yeah, okay. Mm. <laughs> so, you know. Um... It has. I, I never learned to appreciate him until he was older. All right. But we'll see if the movie is good. I'm excited to see it to see what I think of it. But, that's. But yeah. I'm not. Yeah. That's the next one Jamie will be on uh, here for. So, I'll be, oh, I'll be on it. Yeah. And we also have, as you've already heard, the first two episodes of our Spider-Man rewatch that Ben and I are doing. We just finished Spider-Man 2. Be prepared for Spider-Man 3 this week. Uh, in all of its frustration... Uh, Ben's a fan of this. I'm not. So uh, you're going to get some good debates on here, but it's a really hilarious episode. And you can continue to listen to Spider-Man ones all the way through until Spider-Man Homecoming comes out uh, as well. Survivor is over, but Ben's put out some new interviews from uh, the events he's attended. He was also at the finale. Ben uh, and I had a recap with Purple Kelly, the Game Changers finale. If you haven't heard that, listen to it. Even if you you know don't want to hear about our thoughts on the episode, Listen to it because Ben has interviews from Finale Night. So if you haven't heard that, go back and listen to the Game Changers Finale episode we have as well. The stuff that he had from the Reality for Diabetes uh, thing he had over the weekend. Thing. Um, I'm losing. What's the word? Charity event. Uh, where he talks to Jerry, uh, Roger, both from Australia and Outback. Uh, sugar, my favorite sugar. He gets to talk to sugar, which is fantastic. Jamie just rolled her eyes at sugar. <laughs> Uh, as well as many others, uh, and those interviews are up there now. And, of course, there's the Nip Tuck episodes that Ben and Nick have. Uh, we, we basically have an episode per day uh, for the next little while, and uh, lots of stuff still to come, but be prepared. Jamie's going to come back in a week and talk about Tom Cruise in The Mummy. Freaking awesome! <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and that's all we have today for the most amazing movie of the year, Wonder Woman. Uh, thank you, Jamie, for joining us here, and... Uh, Thank you for joining us here. <laughs> you're welcome. I'm glad that you're at a loss for words. I would be too if I was as great as I am. And uh, always remember, go to McDonald's and collect those Hamburglar bips because they'll be worth something one day. That's right. Vintage. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.